now sitting at the rig. In Australia, mate. Yeah, it's not as scary as people think it is, though. <laughs> All right, right? So the internet just loves to blow that kind of stuff up. Like, I feel like yeah. it's the same thing with uh, Florida. And everybody talks about like, oh, Florida, yeah, Florida man. Florida man, yeah. Or the Florida woman. <laughs> And how Florida is just like this awful place full of like crazy people. I haven't had that experience personally. I love Florida. In fact, I'm thinking of moving down there myself. It's just like the, you know, the one in a hundred or whatever person. Just, and just for the meme of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> one of those talk tracks that people just like to get on. But dude, what part of, uh, what part of our Australia are you from? Uh, I'm and from by Melbourne. The way, I don't Melbourne. All right. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the Australian landscape. Um, mostly just like the big cities, and I'm gonna sound mm-hmm. like a total idiot right now. So, <laughs> but just like Sydney, Melbourne, obviously, that's where um, Kevin Parker's from. Melbourne, from Tame Impala, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to them. I've heard them on the radio a few times. I don't like go out of my way to listen to them there. Oh, I can hear you. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I've been listening to them for a good while. They got that uh, that hit. The less I know, the better. Not sure, sure if I know that heard one. That one. All good. <laughs> <laughs> Name five songs, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sonic like landscape of their music, though. It's like trippy sure. as fuck, but I don't know. It's definitely one it's thing I'm really trying to focus on. Yeah, it's definitely floaty. Definitely transports you, and I feel like that's something. As I've been like progressing in like my, my productions or whatever, like I've been like trying to focus on more is kind of just creating more of like a scene of which to like lay the heavier stuff on top or like the main yeah. ideas on top of. Uh, how long have you been producing, good sir? Uh, about seven or eight years. Uh, but probably like the first four were really like on and off. I think. Uh, fucking around. Yeah, within the first four years, I think I stopped completely for like a year or two. But uh, yeah, I just say seven or eight because like I can't be fucked adding up how many years I've exactly been producing, you know? <laughs> what about you see that's the thing uh when you like watch these like artist interviews and that question comes up and they're like yeah well i've been producing for like 14 years then i always think of alrighty, like every day or did you maybe have like a, a couple years where you were just like on and off for me um since you asked i let me think I downloaded FL Studio when I was a junior in high school. And that was like, I want to say seven years ago. So technically, I guess same as you, like seven years. But when I went off to to college, I was, I kind of, I've had like a few moments in my life where I'm like, all right, I'm going to really take this seriously. First time was when I first downloaded it, right? Because that's obviously the triggering event. Second was when I went off to school, but I didn't even like know what kind of music I wanted to make. 
like when I was in high school, I was just like in a big rap kind of phase. Like I feel like most American high schoolers are. I don't know how it is yeah. over in Australia. Maybe it's the same. Um, but I was really into like uh, Juicy J. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. He was just like big, like like trap like rapper right. out of Atlanta I believe you know he's 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 legendary like you could look him up but his producer Lex Luger just made these beats mm, that yeah. just went so hard and they were so simple too and that I think was the first I guess you could say like producer that I was really inspired by I was like word I'm gonna just make these dope banging like trap beats and it's gonna be sick and then I went off to school and I just went to like traditional like American college kind of thing like four-year studied communications which is kind of a combination of like public relations with like some marketing like a little bit of public speaking um yeah (laughs) that's 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 a good way to me it's a good way to sum it up (laughs) it was um it was fun though when I was there, it was a place called James Madison University. But when I was there, I was like, I did the traditional kind of American college thing where you go. And I was in a Southern school. So like, it was kind of big to get into like, like Greek life, which I don't know if that's like a thing. And like Australian schools. Not at all. Um, please. Yeah. You're talking dude, about like the houses and shit, right? Yeah. 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 So it's like, bunch of guys or or gals just kind of like in the same organizations like basically organizing events whether they're like social events or like charity events and that could be like raising money is like technically what they were originally started for like way back in the day at this point in our society it's just like that's just pretty much how they stay going (laughs) now it's like (laughs) everyone's like yeah like they do it usually I guess it depends, but like for the most part, I'd say like maybe seventy five percent of people who join like Greek life do it for like the social scene, and that's fine. Like that's totally cool. I'm sorry, I'm going on a total tangent. I just drank a no, Red Bull, cool. so I'm kind of <laughs> rambling. <laughs> I had to. No, I was I, I was kind of falling asleep. What anyway, was I was there? really distracted. I was really distracted uh, by that whole scene, and I wasn't really like giving music energy that one would need to give it in order to get really good at it you know what i'm saying yeah so then i kind of hit this point around like my sophomore year at college i had this roommate who was like really into like the heavier like when i went off to school like when i was listening to electronic music i was listening to like just basic like bass house and like also like the tropical house thing was like oh. really big back then you know like kaigo was just coming up and like uh thomas jack toma was doing like those biggie smalls remixes you know so i was just like <laughs> trying to make these like cool little like tropical house beats like like yeah like <laughs> look at me man, what and uh tropical house What happened to Tropical House, man? And this is something I want to touch on with you at some point. Um, We can circle back, but I just want to finish my chain of thought. Uh, And then my my roommate sophomore year, he was like really into bass music, right? Like Excision. He also, I know this isn't really bass music, but like put me on to Porter Robinson. And Porter Robinson, dare say, was like the first artist 
in the electronic scene where I was just like, whoa, totally changed my entire perspective. He was the first person, uh, the first producer slash DJ performer that I saw live. And I'm sure you can imagine that was, yeah. So mind blown. Went to my first music festival that year as well. Um, this festival down in Florida called Okeechobee. Uh, shout out Okie fam if they're listening. But that place is awesome. I highly recommend it to you or anybody that's listening to this. But anyway, yeah. So I just kind of like opened my my world, and I was just like discovering all this music and like kind of learning how to DJ too. So, but not re- again, like not really sure. producing. This is like for like a four year timeline producing here and there, but like, honestly, not really, <laughs> um, which really messed with my head. Cause I just like had this thing in the back of my head. I was like, yo, you should probably be like doing that. Like I would always ignore yeah. that, you know? And then <laughs> no, I was don't right? the creativity, <laughs> you know, that voice, you know, the one I'm talking about, <laughs> it was just gnawing at me for four years straight. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, get your shit together. Um, and then I justified it when I started like DJing and mi- making mixes and stuff. I was like, Oh yeah, this counts. <laughs> and then like right. after a while I started to realize like, all right, I'm, I'm going to need to get back into this like at some point. And I kind of started to like senior year. Um, and then when I graduated, I was just like working this job in Washington, DC. I was just absolutely awful. Um, and I kind of had this like, was it? It was, uh, uh, by the way, my bad. I feel like I'm kind of just rambling on. I know you had like questions no, dude, and stuff. But. No, but this, okay. this is like the, the just shit talking episode. Cause like, you know, we, we, I said like, yo, is there anything you want to talk about and stuff? And you're you like, did. we can kind of just like, you know, just shit talk and yeah. That's so kind of, yeah, man. I'm, I'm a very unstructured like individual. <laughs> Like in a good way, <laughs> I guess. Organized um, chaos but I pre- type thing. Yeah, yeah. Organized chaos. I like that. It's a great way to put it, man. Uh, so anyway, the job. I was working for, I always knew I wanted to like work in the entertainment world, like music industry, like entertainment, whatever. But like didn't really know like specifically what I wanted to do within it. Yeah. So I was kind of just like floundering around like for opportunities and like, so I was working for this um, part-time working at a nightclub in DC called Echo Stage, which uh, is a pretty, pretty awesome spot. That's where I saw Porter the first time. I've seen nice. 70, nah, yeah, 75% of the sets I've ever seen have been in that space. Uh, and it's fantastic. I highly recommend you check it out at some point. Hopefully you'll play there one day. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> rooting for you. Uh, both of us. Anyway. Let's go. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they are shut down right now with everything mm. going on. But uh, okay, so that was great. I was working there part time, just doing like hospitality stuff, like green room setup, which was really chill. I really that was like the one thing in that time in my life where I can be like, all right, that was pretty awesome. That was probably like the closest to the industry I've ever gotten was that job. And then full time, I was working at this radio company uh, called Entercom. And I don't know if you ever heard of like radio.com, but it's like an app where you can like listen to the radio like on your phone. It's kind of of cool. But I was, I'd interned for them in like my summers, like through college. So kind of just made sense for me to go there. Like after I graduated, it's kind of like the path of least resistance, I guess. Like I kind of just knew I could work there if I wanted to. And I didn't really like 
think about looking for other opportunities just because I guess, honestly, maybe I was just kind of lazy and cause looking for <laughs> jobs can be fucking stressful. And that was like yeah. the most kind of direct path I saw. I was like, yeah, why not? I'll move to DC and like, it'll be fine. And it was just like awful. <laughs> I was just like crunching numbers all day. And, uh, which is great if you love that kind of stuff, but I'm sure you can agree for like us, like creative people. That's like, you know, like kind of its own corner of hell, sort of. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just like honestly that whole like corporate environment is just so whack <laughs> it's so whack you have to like see the same people like that's the thing that i didn't you don't really understand like until you're like working a job like that many hours per week is like you like live with the people in your office essentially it's it's insane and there were no like young kids like me there were like yeah. some that were like in their late twenties. I'm 23, by the way. I'm not sure how old you are. Um, there were some like in their late twenties, but it was mostly just like boomers, man. Just straight boomers uh, in the in the ch- in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So that was when I was like, okay, like I gotta figure something else out, and I was like, just thinking like, okay. What's the like the one thing I really care about more than anything? And it was like obviously, you know, this bass music stuff, this e- this electronic music scene, and this this cool thing that we all love so much. So I just kind of made a decision, like, word, I don't care how long it takes. I'm just gonna buck up, stop making excuses, and just grind on this bad boy every day until something happens. I'm not even trying to be like most successful, like you know famous like richest person in the game like my goal is to just get to a point where i can just like sustain like a life while just doing music the whole time um yeah so that's kind of like anyway that was like big thing that got me into like producing all the time so that mindset i've adopted for about a year so it's really only been a year that I've like had that mindset of like word, like this is my like life goal and this is what I'm going to make happen. But uh, yeah. what about you, my man? What, what kind of, I feel like I heard in one of your older episodes, you, you did go to school for production, right? It's yeah, PG I did, something, uh, what's it called? Uh, SAE is the name of the SAE. university. Right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I studied fucking, Hold on, my mic is like clipping, I think. I study uh, uh, music production first, right? And then, um, but that was only a diploma. So then I went into Mm -hmm. the Bachelor of Audio uh, because they didn't have like a a music-related bachelor. Um, But a few weeks ago... Bachelor of Audio. (laughs) Yes. It's a hell of a title, man. Yeah. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, they actually texted the people who had done the Diploma of Music Production. And they were like, yo, we've now got like a Bachelor of Music Production. And I'm like, okay, where the fuck was this when I wanted to like get a higher education in music production? Yeah. And yeah, that, that fucking sucks. But, um. You know, similar to you, I feel like going with the Bachelor of Audio was kind of the path of least resistance because, like, yeah, I could have hunted around, like, looked at different universities and what options they had and such. Um, 
but I don't know, I just decided to continue it. And I also felt like music, uh, it was going to be hard to make music work, but since Bachelor of Audio oh, sure. will is like still related to music, I, I guess I thought that that would be a good option. But now after completing it, I'm kind of realizing that, fuck it, I just want to like do the music thing, man, because I hate mm-hmm. working for other people, you know? yes i (laughs) hear you (laughs) that's like half of it for me is like not even just the music thing but just working for someone else or just like in a big company is just not for me like it's it's not for a lot of people then and i think especially in america it's a very big narrative to kind of like go through school go to college or uni uh, you get the program that you want to get the program in and, and then just like get a job like and it's like all right someone who's just like growing up in high school like still just like trying to have fun and oh meanwhile over here in the states you have this like glorified kind of image that's just kind of fed to you throughout like mainstream culture and movies and tv of like what the college experience is like and you see all this, you know, the parties and the fun and the, and it, and it, it is fun. Like it's, it's great. Like, don't get me wrong, but right. I just feel like there's a lot of people like myself and like you who kind of get out and they get into the world and all of that's said and done. And you're just kind of left to yourself and you're like, whoa, like what, what is it? What am I here to do? Like, what is this all for? You know? Yeah. And that's how I feel anyway. And I, some people tell me I overthink things, but I feel like, I feel like I'm, that's not something I'm overthinking. And I know like people also feel that way. Like a lot of people feel that way. And I think this virus has like really kind of also pulled back that curtain, you know? But yeah. It's really crazy to me how many people like essentially don't live their own lives. Like they <laughs> go to, they go to work to work for someone else. They come home and watch Netflix to you know, escape their own life and then they just sleep (laughs) and repeat it. (laughs) It's like so insane. And the, the, I dude, I hear you. It's, it's so crazy when you, and and when you see people that have just been doing it for so long too and be like, well, you have to do that. Cause like, that's what I did. And like, that's (laughs) that's what you got to do. And I'm like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Do you know how humanity progresses? You know, kind of like doing new things evolves humanity. Yeah. Doing the same shit. Internet thing is like (laughs) kind of a big deal. Like you can like literally make a living talking about stuffed animals. If you're that good at it, (laughs) you know, like there's an outlet for you. You can literally make a living just being like, Just like the crazy weirdos out there that just want to hear like strange like noises, like us that like we literally just like record these crazy little noises and we're like, yo, like check out check out this noise I made. You can buy it for ten bucks. (laughs) Word, (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Oh shit. Do you have, uh, do you do any like sample pack work? I think I saw your, actually, no, I know you were putting together a sample pack. I saw you. Like, yeah. That. I've got a couple of like small ones. Uh, there's a couple of small ones that I did that are free. If you use like a code, 
mm. and then there's like a couple made from an EP that I released, and those are like ten bucks. And which then, EP was that? I know your EPs. Yeah, Change Heart. of Heart. Yeah. Like and then uh, thank you. And then like nice, the man. big one is gonna be like fucking massive, and it's gonna be like sixty bucks worth of samples. So yeah. Oh. I love that. I, yeah, I really enjoy sound design. That is something that I feel like can be very overlooked. Mm. A lot of people that just like getting into it. And so I think another big thing that was holding me back when I was like, just kind of getting into it was I could never find the right sounds. I just, you know, I was, I was always at the mercy of just like scrolling through like, yeah presets and whatever and just an hour would go by and i'm just trying to find a goddamn like like cool pad just to lay down some some ambience or whatever and then i'd be like ah fuck this i'm done but um and i discovered serum and i was like what <laughs> and you could just like literally it, it's su- surprisingly easy to use too yeah which is so great like i was i remember like back when i was first like watching i used to work in logic too when I after oh. FL because I got a Mac. Now I'm in Ableton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Thank God. All those. Uh, I'm not a big like. Oh, my DAW's better. Like, but like, as somebody who has worked in three different DAWs over the course of his producer career, I think I can say that for me, Ableton. Are we really about to have the Ableton is better conversation? I guess. <laughs> but in terms, in logic, I can just say like the the built-in synthesizers and the and the stock uh, plugins and effects were just like not, not fun to use. I don't know. Maybe for me at least, like really? Ableton just like changed everything for me. Yeah, it's that's just me. Probably honestly, you'll find a lot of people who are going to be like that dude's an idiot. Like logic <laughs> is actually renowned, and apparently people love their stock stuff. Not yeah. me though. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and that's the thing, man. It just comes down to personal preference. Uh, but anyway, I got serum and I was like, oh word, I can literally just make like I remember I was I was learning like about base design and I was just seeing what Virtual Riot was doing with all his tutorials and stuff. Like I was just like, what? Like this is this is insane. So with the sample pack sound design stuff, it's like, yeah, man, it, it's such a great thing you can fall back on if you're just like unable to be creative one day because it happens. Yeah. Right? And you can be like, all right, well, I can still be productive and make like, you know, 20 different like sustained bases or some yoinks or, you know, whatever you want to make. Like it's a really nice feeling. By the, I'm by no means like really good at it, but I feel like, I've definitely gotten a lot better. And I, I, most of the main sounds that I use in my productions are like stuff that I've made, which is just kind of cool for me. Like, I'm not even saying like, if you want to make a whole track out of samples, which is tough, by the way. Yeah. Like, pe- like <laughs> and when you do that, it's I actually one of my mentors told me this. He's like, dude, nobody's going to know, you know, so I feel like there can be people out there who might even to be like ooh, like he uses like all samples or whatever and like yeah. it's like dude come on stop no if cares. you can use like all samples but actually make them fit together then i think that alone that's makes like, you a good producer i'm really that's some skill yeah that's like re- a really challenging thing to do um and i got buddies who do that i'm sure you do too and 
I don't think I've ever done that though because I just I don't know. I'll, maybe it's because I've always been like a piano player. So my natural inclination is to just go to like my MIDI and just kind of right. play out like whatever I'm I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. But then there's people who like don't do that and their style is like they just want to like they hear something whether it's like a sample from a song or just like could be anything and they're like oh word i'm just gonna stitch that with this and that so it's like different workflows man different minds and that's what's so cool about it i feel like as well as falling back on sound design you can also fall back on mixing uh as long as you've got enough tracks in the work in the works um because you mean like did you see my 30-day challenge posts yeah, the Adam Ivy one. No, this is a different. Oh no, you were doing your your yeah yeah you were doing the uh, you were just going through all your old ideas, and you or didn't you like try to make an idea a day? Yeah, yeah. And then you so, went back and you listened to all of them. Yeah, the thirty day challenge. Um, you know, pretty much trying to make a song a day. You know, I didn't manage to make a complete song every day, but I got a lot of ideas down. That's and like so now. If I'm feeling uninspired, I can just open up one of those old projects, kind of like complete it. You know, some of them will have the first drop and then not the second drop. So I'll just like make a variation on the first drop and then I'll just start mixing it. And like, so right now I've got like 10 tracks that I'm in the process of mixing. So if I'm not feeling creative, I can just go through my list of tracks to mix them. And it's, yeah, it's just a great feeling of like, I can literally spend six hours in one day mixing multiple different tracks. That's awesome, man. I think that is something I need to kind of improve on is not being so committed to certain tracks. Like, obviously, I'm a firm believer in it's important to finish your work. Because I think we've all been to that place where you just got a graveyard of, you know, loops and ideas and shit that sounds dope. And then you just, but you just never get around to finishing it. And when I was in that, those early stages too, that was another reason that kind of deterred me. It's like, oh, I'm never going to finish anything. Like, I'm never going to finish anything. And it's like, it's this never ending kind of paradox. But I've just lately kind of been forcing myself to finish the things that I start. And that is what I just put out an EP last month. And that was kind of the culmination of me being like, word, like these four tracks are going to be the, on my first EP ever. And I'm going to finish these tracks. And even if like, they're not perfect and like exactly how I want them to be, I'm still going to put them out there. Yeah. Hey, I'm awesome. just like, don't have much of a following. So like, it's fine. Like, and B it, I, I was still happy with how it came out and everything, but B, it's just like, I just wanted to like have a foundation of work that's just out there. And it's like yeah. just a thing to stand on. Cause if you're just like constantly like not finishing stuff, you're never really like standing like on a bedrock. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think people kind of uh, expect too much from the early ideas of a track. Like, Sure, every now and then there's a track you'll start and it'll kind of be like an aha moment, like I've just figured out how to do this new thing and it sounds fucking amazing. But a lot of the time, you know, the the real vibe of a track 
comes from all the bullshit, you know, necessary, annoying work that comes in afterwards, you know, like you get the main idea down yes. and it sounds all right, but then you go in, you make the Half intro, the you put in all the fucking annoying sound effects, rises, fucking cashmere, long sweep, number eight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> facts, dude, facts. <laughs> and then, you know, that after like that, this. It and- just gets elevated, you know? So I think a lot of people need to yeah. commit more time to actually finishing the tracks to realize the full potential of them. Mm-hmm. And another thing too is like, it can be daunting to be like, oh, I got to finish all these tracks. But like, once the main pieces are there, and this is something I, like, it, that's an actual thing that I feel like you can practice. Uh, I know a lot of producers talk about this. Ill Gates talks about this. Uh, bass clef talks about it's just like kind of creating like what they call it or what ill gates calls a super loop which is okay. just kind of taking a fuck ton of ideas yeah i don't know if you heard about this you take like a f- bunch of ideas a chord progression drum beats sweeps literally everything that could work together in like an eight bar loop and you just make a loop that has like yeah 50 tracks right and then the hardest pieces are done and then you kind of spread them out across your your template in your session and then you make the track by like taking things away and you keep like the important stuff and like also you need to but we're like having an understanding of how like the mix all fits together like that's how you can make those decisions of like what to add and like what to keep and and in that whole process which honestly i've kind of done i have a track i'm working on right now where i attempted to go like that that route uh because normally what i do is i'll just like write the drop and then i'll make the intro and then the breakdown and that kind of do it that way which is cool too but yeah it's just a really i guess it's just good for creating he thinks he says it's good for creating music like quickly yeah that seems to be what it is all about yeah, he's crazy, dude. Are you in the producer dojo? I just signed up. Sick. Like, two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I still don't... Re- I know it's like a whole community and like you can get like super involved with it and I def want to. Um, I joined to get... Uh, the, he's got like a mixing course. Uh, right. So I downloaded that just to get some, you know, more... You, know, I th- you can never have enough education on that, but uh what what's your involvement with it because you know i only know kind of like what the ads say but i'm curious yeah yeah no same here uh i've been you know hearing about it for ages like ever since heels on mm-hmm. probably the mr bill podcast for the first time um and he's definitely fantastic got some, podcast yeah fucking amazing you can you know if you want to stop listening this and go listen to that then i don't blame you yeah uh, <laughs> yeah guys get off this podcast go listen to mr bill's podcast <laughs> shit's like a like a beta version of that <laughs> um fuck what was i saying yeah he's got like all these cool techniques for producing fast like the time boxing thing that's like spend five minutes doing this five minutes doing that five minutes doing this and then okay just mix down real quick and you know heaps of shit like that but the producer dojo, I actually don't know too much of what goes on inside of it just because I'm on the outside uh, just seeing the ads and stuff. Right. I think it's, it's, they, you know, you've seen it. Like they sell it and market it as like 
community and you can actually like really get involved and it's a physical place too like the dojo it's like yeah. in uh san fran san francisco um i think you can go there eventually like you work your way up there's like a belt system <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure like the higher up you get like the more like your name is like seen in the in the in the community and then like i'm sure there's a way to foster like that relation that more like kind of intimate relationship within the community but along the lines i feel like they're gonna be trying to sell you a lot of stuff you know right so i feel like they kind of which is fine like it's it's a brilliant business model where you just kind of create this community but like you're also providing like valuable products and the products are valuable like these are the legendary producers so you know i'm just you know just found out about it so it's definitely cool i've never really seen anything like that um, as opposed to like all the other, you know, guys out there that are offering course after course after course, like this is pretty dope that it's like an actual, you know, an actual kind of community you yeah. can collaborate with. It sounds like um, it's kind of similar to Defy a Society, which is like, yeah, you know, it's a Facebook. They, uh, yeah, they followed me actually. I'd seen their ads and then they like reached out. Um, it's actually crazy because I originally saw that ad. It was like a really cheesy Instagram ad. I remember just thinking, it's like, don't have a strong enough circle of mentors around you. Are you trying <laughs> to catch up to the rest? <laughs> just like the most, just going for all of your, like, like a producer's like insecurities. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes to all of those things. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> um but so when i first saw i was like ah whatever but then i saw like sippy um another australian producer um great sippy taboo yeah Uh, i've watched some others fucking that podcast oh no i was gonna say his uh video fucking what's the what's the crab song oh crawdaddy yeah, crawled. He uh, yeah. he did a track breakdown of Crawdaddy, and that was fucking amazing. I loved everything. He did on Defy or Defire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so right, because I did see that he was on that. So, so wait, do you have, did you have to pay to get access to that? Or yeah, how does that like, work? I think it's something like fifty a month for gold, and then like. Oh platinum is higher but i think with platinum you get like a one-on-one lesson every month or something like that it's not bad but yeah with uh so with gold yeah, there's like go. there's literally like tens if not hundreds of track breakdowns and tutorials and all on their website and shit and uh there's heaps of like opportunities that get posted in their facebook group um I think that's actually how I got my first label release was from being in the Facebook group. So yeah, thanks to fire. <laughs> that's yeah, dude, that's fire. Um, that's something I need to step up on. Is like, I've got like a lot of music that I'm working on and a lot that I want to put out this year. I'm just like trying to figure out the best way to do that. Cause I know there, there's like a lot of like smaller labels out there that will put out your music, which like, yeah, I feel like it's a good way to do it because like you'll reach more people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I've kind of just like 
you know, I've just been following a lot of labels and just like even like smaller, like independent ones. Um, just because I definitely want to go about it that way. Um, what do you do? Do you normally like send your stuff out or do you kind of just put it out yourself? Uh, it? So I used to. I think like, yeah. Uh, so ever since I got like that DM from the person in the Defier group who was like wanting mm-hmm. to sign some of my stuff, uh, ever since then, it's made me think like, okay, my shit is now good enough that labels are actually coming to me. So yep. I should probably be trying to release pretty much every song yeah, on a label. But that's that's a good position to be in, man. Yeah. Because when people are coming to you, like you have more leverage. Yeah. As as they would say. But not that you want to like leverage and like be that guy, but like I just feel like it's just kind of a better thing mentally, you know? Yeah, just for to, sure. Cause you know, you know someone's like, yeah, get like taken advantage of and shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like at at this point, it's like, you know, you're not gonna get like taken advantage of too much. Like <laughs> but yeah, that does happen, you know, like you just hear like horrible stories of up and comers with like solid following and they're just kinda getting things rolling and then you know, they make some some label comes along with like a big shiny contract and they're like, yeah, here's like 360 deal, you know, we'll give you like hundred K for like a year. And then like, you, you just, yeah. And that's it. And then, and then they end up like, I don't know if you know much about like music contracts, but like that shit's crazy. Like, like, like a 360 deal. Like, shit. yeah. Yeah. So I learned this. I took a, I, w- I did music marketing as a, or just oh, music sick. industry as my minor at school. Yeah, no, that was tight. I actually learned a lot about the legal side which was really cool. I don't remember half of it, but I do remember this. <laughs> I do remember this. Um, there's this contract in the music business called a 360 deal. And by the way, if anyone who actually, actually knows about this shit is listening and I get this wrong, don't hold it against me, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, from what I remember and what I think how it works is they'll just give you an advance. And depending on like, the label and the contract you know, could be anywhere from like 75k like a year's like salary i guess you could think about it and i'll give you an advance and the the idea is like word like like this is it like i can quit my job and i can do music all the time and it's like that's like off the cuff you're like dude this is the fucking dream but the reason it's called a 360 deal is because they will in one way or another, whether it's from your ticket sales or your streaming or your, or your merch or whatever, they will recoup that money from you. Yeah. And then some, and if they can't do it from your music, they'll do it from any other point in your life. So like, let's say you, at at least I, and I think, and I think the way the contract works is like there are certain like monikers of like who you are and like what you like your DBA like like so if you were to do anything else like besides music under Asher Rain maybe you well maybe this podcast or maybe uh, oh I don't know some like some sync licensing or or right. maybe you start your own game show I don't know but <laughs> theoretically depending on the specifics of the contract they could recoup at advance from all of those other places in your life. 
And obviously it varies like case by case. And that's why it's good to have a lawyer because there's like tons of like clauses and stuff that kind of limit like what they can and can't touch. Dude, I, <laughs> I only know this because I took a class on it. Like think about how many people out there who like don't know that stuff. Yeah. You know? Now I'm Crazy. curious because I feel like, I feel it like it's only the big, big labels that are able to do that, right? Like, do you think there's right. any no, yeah. in bass music that do that? I've, I've wondered that. Because it's such a yeah. positive community, right, from a surface level. But, right, at least, I don't surface know. Surface level. That's what it is. Yeah, and in America, it's like, you know, the whole festival, like, bass music thing, it's like, it's it's all positive man on the surface like everyone's like peace and love and like it's great and it's beautiful too. i'm not like hating on that i'm I'm all for that but at the end of the day like and like i saw a lot of this when i was working at echo stage in dc like this industry is fucking brutal man <laughs> like there's no doubt like one of the most like like corrupt just like cutthroat places where like anything can kind of happen and there's no like like at least in like the financial world, like you kind of have like the SEC like regulating things. Well, maybe not mm. <laughs> with everything going on with Wall Street right now, but you know, you know what I mean. There's just it's just like the Wild West. So to answer your question, as far as like bass music labels, I mean, I don't see why that couldn't happen, you know. Yeah. And I think that comes down to just like the reputation, and you have to like look at the artists that they've like worked with and. Like, yeah, I mean, there's just so many different facets that go into this stuff. But yeah, so again, like with what I was telling you, with people like reaching out to you, like that's what I meant when I said like, oh, that's a good position to be in because then you can like yeah. kind of weigh different options against one another and like do your research and make that decision. But honestly, man, at this point, it's just like, I'm stoked for you. That's awesome that you had like people reaching out. Like, thanks. I think, yeah, man, that's dope. I... I want to get to that point. I know I will. Like I, I've got like a lot of music that I've just kind of been like slowly working on and like sitting on, but I want to just like release like methodically and like kind of have a plan, you know, and just like do the proper kind of promo and, and actually have a schedule and all that. Just start kind of practicing those things. Do you you go into like uh, switch streams or anything to get feedback on your tracks? I do actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm a regular over at uh, Sully, uh, Sully's Twitch. Um, Sully is an art based music artist signed to Wakan. Um, right. He shout out Sully if you're listening. Um, he has also been a private mentor of mine. I like you know he does lessons, so um, I encourage you to go listen to his music. Uh, he's got some fucking bangers out. Most popular ones are like uh, a song called Frequency Shift. <laughs> uh, once you listen to it, you'll be able to tell why it's called that. And um, <laughs> and then uh, this other song called Duck Hummus, which is just like just a dope fucking name for a song <laughs> on it in its own right. <laughs> but also, it's just a banger of a track. Uh, so yeah, that that stream is pretty new. Um, he. Yeah, so like I found out he was doing the lessons. I took a lesson with him, and then like he like that week he started the Twitch stream, and I started hopping in. And he does like just like production sessions, feedback sessions. He actually just had one the other night. I submitted a track uh, that was just kind of like a whip. I like just kind of whipped something up, and uh, yeah. it was nice. Like it was really nice because 
I had like things that I was planning on doing to it, but I just thought I was like, oh, word, why don't I just throw it in here? I know it's not going to be perfect, but like, let me at least just make sure I'm heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and it was cool because like he said pretty much everything he touched on was like shit I was planning on doing. Uh, that's and that's not just like a confirmation bias thing. Like, like I knew I had to change like the melody sound to like a different sound, at different points to like kind of spice it up. And I was like, Oh word, like dope. So I love feedback streams for that reason. Cause it, it's, it's a great way to just kind of, if you are doing something wrong, have, you know, rectify that, but also just kind of confirming your own thoughts that you were having beforehand Cause like, that's the biggest thing is like having the confidence to be like, Oh, well I want to do this. Like, is it the right move? And, yes. or yeah. no, and you can kind of, so highly recommend hopping in there. Uh, he goes on every day for the most part. So that's just S U L L Y. Yep. S U L L Y. He's one of those Wakan boys. I uh, think, uh, so, yeah. So with the feedback thing, like the whole reason I actually asked that was because I think feedback streams are underrated as a way to get your name out there because oh yeah, you're literally getting your music played on, you know, this well-known artist platform. Yeah. So like Fucking people. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I've mentioned this before. There were two- I, I need oh, yeah, to get go. better. I need to start submitting for more like feedback streams on Twitch and stuff because, you know, mm-hmm. you never know who's watching. You never know what A&R for a big label might be watching. Exactly. And like, oh, dude. You know, yeah, of course they're in those chat rooms. Like, this is it. This is where the scouting happens. There's no shows. They're going exactly into these chats, true. at least in the US. I know you got some stuff going on in, in Australia over there, but... Dude, all these kids like you and me have just been cooped up all year, like le- learning production and like making bangers, like, and they can't play them. They don't have a platform to play them except on these, in these streams. So yeah, if, yeah. if, if you are an A&R man and you know what you're like, I would hope you're going in there. Like that would be my <laughs> first thing. So it's all of these things, man. Like I'm in, I work in sales, like for my nine to five. So like, it's all about like just activity, 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 just like the little things you do every day. So like that, that right. extra phone call, that extra appointment that you have or whatever. Um, it's same thing with this. It's like activity, activity, like the, you know, that one follow that one DM that you make to that person who just followed you or that one comment that you leave or that one stream that you're submitting a feedback track for feedback. It's like, just do these things consistently. Like, I just feel like, and, and the music's good, like, and you're there for that piece of it. Like, I just feel like statistically, if you do that over time, like, there's just yeah. no way something's not going to come out of that, you know? And make a habit. I know that's something you hmm? like. To, if you get feedback that you don't agree with, don't get butthurt about it. Just like take it with a you grain can't. of salt, you know? Because at the end of the day, you still got feedback from a well known artist, you still got more people to hear your music. You still got mm-hmm. tips on how to improve your music. This is kind of like me it's trying to convince myself right now, but I know it'll help other people as well. Oh, <laughs> dude, you're so right, man. And uh, I mean, maybe I'm. I, this is this is a very healthy mentality to have, and it you need to have these mentalities. And I know you were just like, oh, I need to like convince myself, but like you need to be convincing yourself of these things. Yeah, because if you don't, you'll you'll convince yourself of the other things, the bad shit. Yeah, that like holds you back. 
And it's just so important like to get these like conversations down that you have inside your head. Cause like, you're just dude making music and just being creative like that. At, mentally is just like oh, one of the hardest things I've ever done. Cause you're just constantly at war with yourself. <laughs> like also loving yourself at the same time. It's so it's, strange. <laughs> yeah, it's like a game of tug of war and it's just like which mm-hmm. side which side is the rope gonna favor today? <laughs> a day? What about this hour? <laughs> you know <laughs> I'll have like a great hour and I'll like get a get a, a, a bass like sounding real good, like over like a drum line and I'm feeling real happy. And then I just can't get like the melody down or, or whatever yeah. it is. And it's just like, ah, oh, no, it's awful. <laughs> it's ruined. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, man, just, you can just go to the next thing. <laughs> exactly. Later. Like, that's what, yeah. that's one of the biggest reasons I love to have multiple projects going at a time. Cause yeah, once I get mm-hmm. stuck, it's like, all right, I'm fucking done with this project Whoop. for now. I know I can fix Switching it, over. but right now my mind just isn't in the right place. So I'll just go work on something else. Yeah, you want to have yourself a nice charcuterie board of projects. Fuck yeah. You can just like, you, you hear about charcuterie boards? It's a big meme thing right now, I feel nope. like. Nope, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Might be an American thing. Uh, or maybe it's just my algorithm. I don't know. Everybody's algorithm's different, feeding them different stuff. But it's like a... <laughs> I didn't think we'd be talking about charcuterie boards on the podcast this evening, but it's uh, essentially just like a, a wooden platter of yeah. various uh, cheeses and grapes and all sorts of little hors d'oeuvres and you just with a little toothpick. So if the analogy is I'm getting kind of tired of these grapes, you know, and right. switch over, try, try a little Gouda, you know, whatever, whatever's on the board. Um, look it up. Yeah. Charcuterie boards. People are out here with full-blown YouTube channels on the shit. <laughs> it's, so it's just it's like, trend. it's an even fancier name for one of the fancy things in life. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Like, uh, I, yeah, it's like if you had like the epitome of like, like privilege and a comfortable lifestyle, it's like taking that to like the next level. Like, <laughs> here's this charcuterie board. You know, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, so, um, I just since we're was like fifty minutes in, I just want to um, throw one of my questions at you. You're good. So, Wait, how long did you want to go for? By the way, I don't mind. We can go for like two hours if you. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! I'm I'm having a great time, man. We can just roll. Like whatever happens, happens. Hell yeah! So, uh, before this episode, I was listening to a bunch of your stuff and. Uh, you know, tracks such as this moment and just that EP in general. Um, I kind of got like a, a blend of uh, IDM, ambient and chill step kind of vibes. I was wondering like what mm-hmm. were like some of your actual influences for that track or that EP? That is a great question, man. Um, I started writing... Uh, the ideas for the, that would turn into those tracks. I had just come back from a beach vacation. So at that time, Odessa and uh, oh. Golden whatever just released the, the Bronson album. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to that. 
I was so inspired by that. A, I've always loved Odessa, but B, I just feel like it had that ambient, like IDM, like chill vibe, but also had like a level of grit to it that I thought was just so awesome and just kind of just painted a really awesome sonic picture. And I've always been a big proponent, and this is something that I'm like always going to try and do in my music, where like I'm very like melodically, harmonically, like chord, like driven. Like that is just how my brain thinks. Like when I sit down to write, like that's just how I am. Because I've always just played instruments like growing up and stuff. Uh, but obviously, like, I want to make tracks that, like, go hard, too, and, like, also kind of have the opportunity to, like, bring out those harsher sounds that, on their own, like, maybe a lot of people wouldn't appreciate, but, like, maybe mixed in with that ambient stuff would kind of, remember how I was talking about, like, painting the landscape, like, you have this pretty landscape, like, in the background, but in the foreground, maybe you have just like some like a lion just like eating a deer. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Um and, and every honestly, now and man, then the like the lion runs back and the deer comes forward. Yeah, then the lion goes, Yeah. And then there's just like another deer that'll take that deer's place. And it's like the circle of laugh, man. But um I just had a picture of like a Bob Ross painting in my head <laughs> when I was saying that. Um so it kind of came from that, like wanting, like just being in a very relaxed, like, like Zen place. I've also just been like practicing a lot of like meditating and spirituality stuff. So just like a very calm, like place, but like also wanting to utilize these like cool, like gritty noises. Um, so like, so it, for like in this moment, like you have this like really just kind of like, like just really vibey kind of jungly forest. And then it kind of like drops into just like, more gritty distorted kind of sounds but like still has like a a half like a slower tempo to it yeah i didn't even realize until i finished this moment which was obviously the last track on the ep and the last track i finished on the ep that all of the tracks were like 130 and under i was like oh okay like i I didn't necessarily like intend for that to happen but it kind of just happened i didn't really overthink it i feel like People will, but when going into a song or to produce, they'll be like, "Word, I'm about to make something at 140 or 150, and it's going to be in F, in F, in F, right?" And yeah. I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and it's like, I, I, I don't really think. Sometimes I do, but for the most part, it's just I just kind of hear something like in my thoughts, and then I'll just like put it out and like whatever it is, like it is. And that's kind of what I wanted Welcome to Tribe to be, to just kind of be like the purest form of creative expression that I could deliver without like trying to cater to what I, it's like, Ooh, I think people would like this, or I think this would get like a thousand, hundred thousand streams or whatever. Like I released it and I was like, yo, this could get like no listens. And I straight up wouldn't even care. I still haven't even checked the stats on it because I genuinely do not care. Like I'm, I'm I'm sure if it reached like over like a crazy number, I would know by now, but like, even still, I didn't even put it out for that reason. Kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier about how I just want to have a bedrock of creativity yeah, and something I can be like, this is me. This is what I'm capable of. But I will say now 
with the stuff that I am putting out or that I'm making right now is definitely like I'm starting to kind of think in the mindset of like, okay, well, what's like the show going to look like eventually? And so I'm trying to make tracks that are faster and more mixable and, you know, kind of fit that more like specific grid, but also utilizing similar sounds. So that's what people uh, have to look forward to. I'm, I'm stoked about it. I'm, it's, it's fun. It's fun producing that stuff too. You know, I, I just, very eclectic. Like I just have many different influences. I would say the biggest to answer your original question for that EP original influences were definitely from like a flow standpoint. And like a lot of those intros were like definitely Odessa, but like in terms of like the drops and like the sounds, uh, I try, I, I tried to follow like, like some of the rhythms that you hear and even like Subtronics' songs, but like slowed down like the, right. like some of the bases and like the sound design techniques. Like I was just kind of learning from like listening to his stuff and, He's he, he's a huge inspiration for me as well. I don't really make like that classic like like rhythm 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 like kind of music all the time, which is fun and awesome. But I don't know if I highly recommend you go and listen to uh, his digital mirage uh, stream set from this past okay. summer. I think I listen to it like every day in the months <laughs> of like June June July and August. No, I'm not even kidding. Like. It is just full of like hype shit, but also like some really cool down tempo stuff that I personally believe is like the future of like where not only yeah. he's going, but like, I don't know if you listen to like Chi yeah, be- or um, Eprom or G Jones, obviously, but like these guys are just like that real kind of like it's hype, but like also like kind of down tempo at the same time it's really hard to explain and that's like what's so cool about it is like you can't really explain it you know um yeah man i th- I think it's really cool that you are are influenced by subtronics though because like it doesn't come through necessarily in your music but it's cool yeah. to know that the influence is there and it is it's there affecting yeah the music yeah, I guess, yeah, you would listen and you wouldn't be like, this doesn't sound like Subtronics. But, like, it, there were multiple times um, where I was writing, like, some of the drops and I was thinking, it's hard to explain. Just the, He's got a very specific pattern that happens in his drops that, like, has nothing to do with the sounds, but just the where he cuts and adds, like, the main bases and, like, keeps, like, the subs going and, like, has his turnarounds and stuff that, yeah. like, just works so well like the flow just works so well and i guess when i say to the to the at to the you know regular you know just person just like listening like you would never you would never know that but i don't maybe it's just for me too i don't know maybe i was just like thinking like oh like i'm being influenced by surprise but like not really (laughs) i don't know um he he's just someone i think who inspires me from like a mentality standpoint um because that, that whole thing I was saying about just doing the same thing consistently and like eventually like something will happen from that. Like he's a big proponent of that. And he's like totally self-taught, like self-made doesn't really follow the rules either. You know, like yeah, he's a big proponent of just like letting your shit clip. Like even if it sounds good, just like fuck it. Like it sounds good. Like who cares if this yeah. bar is red? I mean, cause I think in the old days when everything was analog and you were like 
quite literally dealing with like electronic, like physical currents, like all the time. If your shit was clipping, it's like, that could be dangerous. Like, you know, you might blow the shit up, <laughs> but now it, a lot, most of it's digital. I mean, obviously with like monitor systems, like, at, at, like live sets and clubs and stuff, like you do want to be mindful of that, but I mean, they always, you know, that can all be on them anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's all handled with like the amps and, and, and the whole system through that in the, uh, the backline, uh, portion of it so as far as production i mean so anyway it, i love just how he just just does him and it just works uh that being said though i wouldn't say i'm like a big like like rhythm rhythm kind of guy like just like listening to like double drops all day and just like that's fun for sure and especially in a live setting it's dope but yeah you know I, that's not yeah that's not I, I like i said i'm eclectic and i just i'm just gonna make what i make and i I think that's what everybody should do just like make what you want to make and what you think sounds good and yeah. eventually there are billions of people on this planet Chances are, like, some of them are going to resonate with, if it sounds good to you, like, chances are some of them are going to resonate with what you're making. And, like, you know. If you're going to, you're going to choose to make something that's not what you want to make, but you're still making bass music, then you've made a poor decision. (laughs) Like, why don't you go make pop music or something? Yeah. Especially with bass music, too. It's, It's very easy to just fall into that. Because, you know, once you nail down that formula and like those sounds, like it, it, you can make it, you know, and it's like, like do it. And, but it'll just be harder and harder to stand out, you know? Yeah. And, and also just like, I guess that it, yeah. I was, I was just saying like the, the ceiling of like how successful you can be, you know, if you're putting your, um, uh, your your true self on the line. I forgot the word, but like if you're not being yourself in favor of success, then you should choose something with a higher ceiling than bass music. <laughs> you know, right? Like that. Well, yes, but I have this like ideal. I feel like bass music and like the sounds that we hear. Like typically can be worked and this is obvious but like it can be worked into like any genre i feel yeah. i feel like bass music is almost just like a transcendence of genres rather than like its own genre like it, does that make sense um yeah i feel like it can be worked into other stuff to an extent yeah for sure yeah maybe yeah right i mean like i don't know i i i have this like vision like the world in like 20 years where bass music is just like of I know it's popular now obviously but just I'm talking just like played on like like the radio all the time you know just yeah. like normally and people wouldn't even like think twice about it you know they wouldn't be like oh whoa like this is different like it's like oh yeah it's like bass music you know same way you would hear a country tune or like like what if you know like Subtronics played at like the Super Bowl like oh, I, I hope, bro. I hope we live in, I hope we live in a in a world one day where where that's just normal, <laughs> and you and we're us we're like fifty years old and we're like ah like 
dude's a, dude's a classic. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. there's that whole debate of like, I always thought about this when I was younger and I, I've seen like people talk about it online and stuff of like, when our generation is, you know, in our fifties and sixties and we're like, we got grandkids and it's like, we're going to be like, ah, oh, I'm going to play you like some classics from when I was growing up. And it's like Lil Wayne, just like rapping about like, imagine if there was like a station for each genre right and it was just 24 7 back-to-back mixes like literally no stop no bullshit talking or you know perhaps talking (sighs) but it has to be like over the music the music can't stop and it's just like yeah so like literally just not well they would have to uh it would have to either make that a, a, a paid thing, like serious, to avoid oh, sure. ads, or uh, you'd have to have some ads in there. Yeah. Which is what I used to do, by the way, when I was at that radio company. I used to, like, run awesome. ads. It, yeah, it sounds kind of cool at first, but I, I, a big part of my job was I would, uh, a sales rep would be like, hey, I need you to pull, like, this specific, like, McDonald's commercial from, like, three days ago at like this specific commercial break. Oh. I'm like, all right. And I just go back and like, just, just space bar, like fast forward, like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And it was all in, um, oh, what's that? What's that really cheap? Uh, what's that really cheap? Like, like recording software. That's like free. Repo. Oh man. I forget. No, no. Uh, audio. Audacity. Oh, it? Audacity. Yeah. <laughs> it was all in audacity. Um, Jesus, which is probably, I, I was just shitting on that, but that was the closest thing to production I had to do at my job. So I guess I, I should have, I should have liked it more than I did. But I don't know. I'm, I'm tough to, I'm tough to please, you know, I, I guess, but one of the stations was in Spanish. So I would literally just be like listening like every word I wouldn't understand. It was like, Como se va, ba, 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 Dunkin' Donuts. Because <laughs> they have to say it. And then I'm like, ah, there it is, word. <laughs> I, I, I really apologize if that was insensitive to any of our Hispanic listeners or, or people who speak Spanish. I, I, I would have spoken actual Spanish. I just don't know it. Um, I apologize. I was not trying to be insensitive. But that yeah. was something I had to deal with on a daily basis. And it was kind of hilarious, not going to lie. <laughs> it was just like either listening for the da 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 da. Uh, that was a terrible mm. McDonald's jingle. But, um, a little out of key there, but I, I got the gist. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh, so I do appreciate you going and, and listening through the EP and everything. I've listened to your stuff as well. You had some serious success on your remix that you, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name. Uh, you know, the one I'm talking the, about. Though. The latest one or the Among Us? Yeah. Uh, the Yeah. I think it was the Among Us. The one you got, it got like 60,000 streams. It's got like a blue cover. Sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I really apologize. I'm blanking on the name right now. No, um, Cell Dweller, My Disintegration, that one. That's, that's, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I forgot about that, but I, I was just thinking more recent stuff, I guess. No, you're good. Uh, but yeah, Bro, thanks, Was like, that like your, so I really enjoyed that is what I was saying, but like that was also, was that like a, like a really big first success for you, do you think? 
yeah that was huge like um i wish there i wish i could have like been able to capitalize on it more but like i don't know what else i can do with it you know um other than just making social media posts just showing it off basically <laughs> um yeah this is something i think about a lot mm. It's like we're grinding out here on the gram and like all these big platforms really. And it's like, you got to wonder, like there are platforms out there right now that just like aren't big. that will be big. Yeah. Clubhouse. And you got to kind of like clubhouse. Yes. So funny that you brought that up. I was literally just talking to my dad about it, but um, <laughs> I feel like in the past week too, like it's just, there's been a lot of chatter around it. Um, Cause it was like invite only for a little while. I think it's still um, I have an invite. invite only. Is it? Okay. I have an invite. Um, and I know my dad has a few, so honestly, I Ooh. I could probably hook you up with, with an invite that an invite for you. Nobody else though. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's uh it's my way of saying thank you for having me on here. Um oh, let me man. let me double check and make sure that's cool. He should have a few extra though. But I don't even think I fully understand what it is. it, it, it sounds like kind of similar to like a Twitch stream, but kind of just the audio piece. And it's like, mm. kind of like what we're doing right now. People exactly. could like listen in live. Right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, obviously I, I don't have access to it, so I don't know exactly what it is either, but it kind of sounds mm. like you can just start, you know, rooms or servers, I suppose, and uh, start chatting to people about, a certain topic and then yeah people can jump in and I, I i'm not sure can they start talking about it as well or is it just like the people that you give permission to i don't know but i'll tell you this brother if it were public and anybody could just jump in be a nightmare be like an yeah. xbox 360 halo 3 10 year old chat gone crazy times <laughs> like a thousand you have everybody and their mother just like chiming in like like i'm hanging out with your mom like <laughs> <laughs> uh so nah, i'm sure you can make it private like, but <laughs> there's a lot of great comedy potential happening here and uh i'm excited that it is happening and yes so to tie it in uh definitely good to look ahead uh, i remember oh my god i remember back when i was at school and i was like just seeing like ads for tiktok like come across like my snapchat or whatever I was like this is the dumbest shit i've ever seen like like who the fuck is using it's like like 10 year olds like making like silly like music videos I'm like, all right like quit would you quit marketing towards me like this weird app and look where we're at now dude and it yep. just I, I learned a valuable lesson from TikTok and it's not even too late to get in on TikTok. I don't even think I think there's still a lot of Definitely like not. I put, I put some very basic like promos like for tracks and like literally did nothing for them. Like just put it, posted them with like a couple hashtags and like 600 plays. And I'm like, which isn't a lot by TikTok, yeah. but it's like the fact that I literally did nothing. And then just like got a ma that amount of plays as opposed to like Instagram, you got to like research the correct hashtags and like do, yeah. do all this like crazy stuff. It's like, so yeah, just the whole social media thing in general is just, I know going to be the biggest challenge for me. I know that for a fact, just because fundamentally I don't really like it. it I'm not, it's for me, any, I spend a lot of time on it and if, you can use it health, health, healthily, 
And there's a lot of like great resources on there and it connects people which like we met like through it and everything. Yeah. But it's just hard because it can be so fake. Yeah. It, I, it is a lot of it is really fake. Especially in the EDM scene and the bass music scene, I feel like there's just like a lot of shit talking and just kind of bullshit that happens that I just don't want any part of. Like, I just want yeah. to like put the music out there, you know? Yeah, social media can be quite draining for sure. I think um, the way I'm going about social media now is just I really try not to use it the way most people use it, which is uh, I'm bored. I'll open up social media and just start scrolling. Yeah. I right. do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like I, so I still do that, but I really try to just use it from like an artist perspective, which is like, okay, I post things when I need to post things, which mm-hmm. right now I'm posting once a day. Um, yeah. If I get comments, I do my best to reply to them. If it's just a fire emoji, I might reply. I might just do the praying hands. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh and then like other than that it's just like uh every now and then i'll go on there just like start liking things from hashtags to try to boost my own engagement but yeah that's purely from like an artist perspective i'm not going on there just to like get shit entertainment (laughs) um yeah because yeah like i don't know man like if, if you want to know about the latest that's happening with your favorite artists, turn on notifications and like j- stop scrolling yeah. through your feed. Just turn on notifications. And this is probably going to hurt me it's right now. It's a slippery now. slope though. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We, we all know we have these problems. Like it's okay. It's good to talk about them because that's how we develop solutions. Yeah. Um, and you're right about the notification thing. Uh, literally just happened. Uh, like must die is going live right now. But what happens is like, and and they say this in that documentary, the social dilemma on Netflix is like, they send you these notifications, not necessarily like, like as the event is happening or they'll send it like when they notice that you haven't been on in like, like a minute or two as a way to get you back. Like, Ooh, like someone liked you. Have you noticed like when you post something and you lock your phone, it do, the likes don't show up on your home screen. At least they don't for me. It used to, but there's like, and I know this is a thing with a lot of people. There's like a theory out there that they don't show them on your home screen so that you have to go back into the app hmm. and like pull the, re- and pull the refresh. Gone. Right. Because then you're going to see the likes, but then look, Oh, you got all this new stuff. Check it out. And then before you know it, you're like, ooh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what happens to me, man. And I have gotten worse <laughs> over the past like few months. I feel like I've I've definitely gotten worse just because I know like I have to be on it. And like I, I also use it just to like network and like talk to people and, and everything. But yeah, I definitely need some more discipline because yeah, it, it can be draining. But very useful and and can be like I've tried to get to a point now where I only follow things that are going to be relevant to the mindset and the lifestyle that I'm trying yeah. to live. You know, yeah, like there's I used a lot to of follow who spewed toxicity that I had to right? follow. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh 
going to catch a lot of heat for saying this, but I'm going to say it. I like unfollow, and this is a thing in like America, but like I unfollowed like Barstool for that reason because I don't know if you like watch their content. It's great content. Like there's some really funny shit in there. A lot of it, it can just be like straight trash. (laughs) And it's just like some, in my opinion, (laughs) like I'm going to catch so much heat for this, but like, I, I, I don't know. Just, I was just seeing a lot of things that would just like make me like overthink things and just be like weird. And I don't know. I, I decided to, uh, I go through phases where I like fall and unfall, but then I saw Dave Portnoy was doing a thing with like the small businesses. And I actually like watched a video of him, like recording people's reactions when he, you know how he's like obviously doing the fund for like small, for like restaurants and stuff. He like is always posting like people's reactions of him, like FaceTiming them. I actually like teared up the other day when I watched a compilation of them because I've been incredibly frustrated by like how this pandemic has been handled. Like so many of us, and when I saw that, it, it felt like the first honest to God, like piece of good news that I had heard Jesus. in like a year. Yeah, man. Like the, like just the media here is just all negative and just all the time. I'm, I get angry. I'm like, can we get something like <laughs> something positive, please? Uh, I'm sure they're. That's kind of extreme, but like I, I have extreme views on this stuff because I'm just a very, I'm just, I just kind of think about the world in this way. Um, yeah. And that's something I would hope to get across with my music. Um, you know, I, ha- I have all these like abstract thoughts and this pandemic has kind of brought a lot of them to light. Uh, and I've just had a lot of time. We all have just to kind of be with our thoughts and really think about what's going on. And yeah, I feel like I've just I want to I want to try and get them out there, but you know oh, they're yeah. so abstract and crazy. <laughs> Some people might just be like, "Dude, what? <laughs> like, what are you on?" <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to like curate my thoughts lately. You know, just whenever I start thinking Journaling. about some some I, negative bullshit, replace it with positive shit. Um, I, and I guess I, that I, ties I, into social media. I, I find oh, yeah. that even even memes can you know get you into a negative spiral sometimes yeah yeah for sure it's scary how accurate memes can be sometimes man by the way what are you hitting is that like nicotine or weed or, or um no? yeah it's just a nicotine fake. yeah probably can't talk about that i got some some what is it just a strawberry flavor yeah, that's another thing I need to... I got all these things I'm trying to kick, right? And I, I, I tried with the New Year's resolution. I'm already back to my fuckery. Nicotine <laughs> was one of them. I've been yeah. on and on with nicotine for about five years now. Started smoking cigarettes when I was a freshman at uh, JMU in college. Um, and yeah, just been off and on with the vaping thing. So it's tough. <laughs> Yeah, vaping, but, at uh, least it's better than cigarettes, though. That's the main thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I agree. Uh, but real quick, before I forget, uh, I actually got this journal. That I, oh. Journaling is, so, journaling Yo, is really cool. Sick. I actually even had it embroidered. Yeah. Tried to just kind of record these thoughts. 
and the journey and all that good stuff. Right. Cause you're going to want to look back one day and be like, ah, oh, like remember when I was doing that or hopefully it's so successful. And like, you look back and be like, you know, it's all started here. Uh, I, I think it's really just good to get things out there, get your thoughts out there. I just had like a two hour convo with my parents. Uh, just about some BS that I'd been thinking about for the past week. And like, once it's out there, it's, it's not in you yeah. anymore. So you can feel a lot better exactly. but with the creative stuff and all these things that we're talking about. Highly recommend it to anybody out there who's, who's maybe needs an outlet for like their crazy thoughts. For sure. At the end of the day, man, we're artists, we make music, like we're going to have some, gonna have some crazy thoughts, man. The, I feel like, out. um, you know, some some people not might not really realize the power of a journal, um, just based just on like uh, face value. So, like yeah. any, anyone out there who's like, you have it's like you have this circle of thoughts in your head, right? Like one minute you'll be overthinking one thing, and then you'll be like, oh, what happens if this? And then like the circle shifts and you're overthinking the next thing. It's like, what happens if that happens? And then it just keeps going and going and going until you get back to the first thing. And you'll, it's literally just like talking in circles inside your own head. And so if you have that problem, please try journaling. (laughs) It's life changing. I have, I, uh, dude, I've, I've ADHD too. So in terms of the consistency of thoughts, sometimes they don't even like relate to each other. <laughs> like I'll be anxious about one thing and just tie it into some other complete different piece of my life that like, yeah, it's just not even relatively related. And I don't know if that's a, a result of my ADHD or what, but I don't know. Yeah. My mind is just always racing in a billion different directions and, that's another reason why I get so stressed with the social thing because or the social media thing is because there's just so many things that you should be doing to have a strong online presence Yeah. on top of the music and just like working on the music as well. It's like, I, sometimes I'm like, I know I just want to like, I know I want to, I need to do marketing and, and, and outreach and stuff like that. But Sometimes I'll just get anxious about the thought of doing that and, and the sheer overwhelming amount of tasks that need to be completed on that front. And I'll just go and make music instead, which is good. Like, I'm glad I can at least do that. But yeah, that's when I say like, that's going to be the toughest thing for me. Like, that's kind of what I mean is that yeah. all I want to do is just, just do the music. Like, I don't want to have to deal with all the other stuff, but like at this point, like we have to, like nobody else is going to do it for you. Yeah. I feel Which, like I can't that'd be such an awesome feeling to just like be established and have like a team of people just handling all of that. And you're like, word, <laughs> I can just fucking make my beats in peace. Bruh. If I could have someone fucking mix, edit and make the social media snippets from this podcast for me, I would be doing one like every fucking day. Bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. So I, I'm very impressed by the consistency of your content for sure. Thanks, man. And it works too because that was one of the reasons like your name was just, it's always about just being at the top of people's minds. It's like, oh, there's Asher and like there's Tribe, like whatever that he's doing that thing. And even if like maybe like after a while, like 
they'll just it'll become routine and they're just used to seeing like your stuff that's good like it's like you're now just a routine thing so that later on down the road when someone's like yo you heard of asherin or like the song it's always like who's the song by like asher it's like dude wait a minute like yeah (laughs) i know that i know it's about having oh like that name in just different places in people's minds all the time even the reverse (laughs) way of that like uh you know being a routine name in someone's mind will make them feel like you're bigger than you are right like i've got less than a thousand followers on instagram but you know if someone sees me posting every single day they're not necessarily like going in and checking my following count and how many people listen to my music but i'm in their fucking feed every day so that's like a pretty big deal you know so like they're gonna go out to other people and be like yo you heard of astro rain they're like no oh man he posts content like every day how do you not know him right dude you don't know him he has he has like a hundred thousand followers like how do you not know him like that's like the flip side of that like nobody really says well maybe they do but like they're like you should like a follower count i feel like is not a reason to follow somebody Oh, absolutely like, not. Yeah. Like, so, and, and to back up what you're saying too, dude, like I told you, like I saw your, like, it was like a snippet from this podcast. Oh, and I got to tell you something else after this. It was a snippet from this podcast. And, and the thing that just like kept you at the top of my mind was just like, I saw you were just literally posting this stuff every day. And you're also in the middle of your 30 day challenge. So like you're posting <laughs> that stuff every day. And like, I, I remember I like hit you up back in like, july before i had recently cp and i was just like yo i'd love to come on sometime you're like yeah man just let me know when you finish like like some originals and i was like bet and it was just like that continuous flow you know and so that shit works um so yeah man you're you're doing great stuff doing great stuff on that front so props to you my buddy um so i also have to tell you this (laughs) i i heard the the snippet of like you're now sitting at the wave table and i remember being like that's fucking dope because i i I, like not too long before that i had a thought and this is one of those things it's like i should have executed on it because it obviously works and i was like what a how has nobody used like the word like wave table like creatively in like uh, a pre-drop vocal or something of that nature like like i remember i was driving like down the highway and i was like just kind of like like riffing to myself or talking to myself i was like i was like hell nah brother like you can't sit at my wave table (laughs) (laughs) i still plan on i'm gonna use that shit uh, at some point uh unless somebody steals it from 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 this but uh and then i heard that and i was like dude (laughs) he beat me to it (laughs) no to to add another layer of it you gotta have like a kelly like beach bum kind of accent yeah it's like a wave table hell nah brother (laughs) my wave table (laughs) yeah man fucking oh you ever need you never uh, need me to do an accent for like a new uh, soundbite for your intro. I, I got, I got you. I could, <laughs> I, I could do some accents. Fuck yeah! I need um, a fucking, I need a voice uh, recorded for a song I'm working on at the moment, actually. Because I'm just kind of voice you need, bro. Uh, something like, 
the pondering life kind of voice, like Morgan Freeman type shit. <laughs> like, like an Alan Watts. Like, yeah. literally, like, if, if, I, if I could have, like, Morgan Freeman say these lines just at, as he says anything in films, that would be absolutely yeah. perfect. Because <laughs> they're kind of like uh, uh, existential type bullshit. Um, I remember I you saying, feel you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I, I hear you. Like I want to put a lot of that stuff in my music too. I even did at the end of this moment, I took a, a snippet of Terrence McKenna, who is kind of like a leading mind in like the spiritual, like psychedelic world. Um, I love his stuff. I highly recommend you all go check it out. Terrence McKenna, everybody. But yeah, I want to start, I think I'm just going to start like recording myself, like saying all these crazy thoughts that I'm having and just like layering them in, yeah. in like a breakdown or an intro or something. Um, and I, I think the thing I need to figure out is the best way to like vocal, like process that so that it sounds like kind of like, like trippy. Like I think vocals are like definitely mm. the thing I struggle with the most. Like when you, when I sent you that, uh, that whip like last week, uh, and you were saying something about like the vocals being like nasally, it's like, yeah, I know those vocals like just don't sit well in the mix. And like, frankly with, uh, there've been other songs that I've done and I've like tried to put vocals in and I just can't get them to quite, quite, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I, uh, this is something that's going to lead me into a whole nother conversation, but I want you to say what you were about to say. Cause I feel like I cut you off. Uh, oh, well, it's completely unrelated, but you said must die went live and I checked and he's not oh, yeah. live. So what's going on? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. They be, uh, they be sending this stuff at different times. Uh, uh, although, like, he was live, so maybe he's just, oops. like, not live anymore. Oh, now oh. Subtronics is live. With Carnage. <laughs> oh, did, you no. see, oh, did you see that tweet? Yeah, with Carnage, dude. Did you see the tweet, though, that, yeah, from did. earlier? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. What did he say? Carnage was like, uh, I wish ever since Tim died... Uh, Avicii, if you don't know who Tim is, ever since he died, like no one's done anything, anything innovative. Um, like, like what's going? And, and then Subtronics goes laughs in G Jones. <laughs> I fucking lost it. Uh, okay, wait. Uh, is that on Insta on. or on Twitch? Yeah, it This is on Instagram. Dang. Oftentimes, what happens in the underground? There is times where that happens in the mainstream as well. Does this sound like shit? Lumen Porter. No, sounds fine. I worship them forever. They have done it. That is the goal. They have been themselves so truly and completely that they discovered something completely amazing that changed the world that no one else has done yet. This is fact. Innovated on an absolute world stage level to a degree almost entirely outside of dance music. And that's why Thrillix is another one to me, too. Where, like, they are innovating on because they're themselves. They're not considering what the Tell me, man. This like, is why I love this man. I'm so glad we're getting this right now. Care about. They're just expressing their true emotion. That being said, I have a list of a ton of producers right here that I really believe are doing that same thing. They just haven't found that spotlight yet. So yeah. Okay, like to, 
Oh, by the way, that, that list he's talking about are coming from his uh, feedback Twitch streams, at least a solid amount of them. I know they are. So to tie it back into what we were talking about. He streams on uh, Cyclops Army, yeah, not Subtron. Yeah, Cy- Cyclops Army TV, yeah. Yeah. So that, but anyway, so my personal list of people who I think are god tier producers, way better than me, way ahead of anyone. Ultra, V O L R A. She is an incredible fucking producer. Literally, my favorite upset producer on the planet right god now. God damn it, Connish. Mark Ismet, incredible, super amazing. young, amazing, amazing producer. Uh, Sizzy, S Y Z Y, one of the best rhythm producers. I, it's, it's, it's a blurry topic, but rhythm um, producer, I think there is. Van Fleet, another incredible producer. Um, Akios, most of the scene knows Akios by now, but they are incredible. Um, underscores, I am fucking obsessed with underscores. Um, they create kind of like SoundCloud pop, instrumental, kind of oh. intricate pop stuff. Yeah. Um, incredibly diverse and probably my favorite overall producer on the planet um anyone that has released on halcyon anything that halcyon is doing the entire label halcyon their whole mission statement Facts. is innovative future shit um they're bringing a big of melodic rhythm which is an enormous 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 grassroots movement that's been growing for about a year or so straight um, fuck halcyon up is really representing that movement and they're crushing Who, it whose label's halcyon okay Style. yeah so uh you heard it there, folks. Be you, do you, everybody else is fucking taken. Drop mine. You heard it. You heard it from the Cyclops himself. Man, Carnage is just sitting there like, I don't know any of these people. Damn, I regret everything. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just got schooled, dude. When Jesse is passionate about what he's saying, like he'll he'll go the fuck off. And I just, all right, I'll, I'll stop jerking him off now. But I, man, I have such high respect for that for that man. Honestly, I need to catch best. What's up? I, I need to catch some of his streams. I'm just, I don't know what time yeah. he streams at, but I I like never see it live. Usually he says something on his story, his Insta story. Um, sometimes it's been random. Like, yeah, I've just, I've missed the past. Unfull. But I mean, you could just turn Twitch notifications on, but uh, yeah, good idea. Yeah, man. Highly recommend. Wait, they were on? He, what the fuck? He can, uh, he, he will like, he, he rips people's music to shreds. He does not hold back. He lit like if he's not feeling it within the first like three or four seconds, nah, maybe not. He'll he'll pretty much like skip through intros like if they're not like really captivating, and then just go right to yeah. drops. And I'm like, be like, oh, this bass like sounds like like uh, this guy from like this song in this year. <laughs> it's just like, dude, <laughs> come on, man. But like that's that's it, you know. If uh, you know, it's just all the more. There is no cap to what we can create yeah. with these with the tools that we have. Oh, which I is thought you so... were going to say there is no cap to what he can say. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that too. Uh, there, there are some songs that, and then yeah, one will just like hit him, and he'll just like kind of start grooving, and then and like yeah, that's one. But no, it's so 
it's so cool just like all the tools that we have out there and like just yeah. the infinite amount of possibilities there's a plugin i really want to get uh called oh man what's it called thermal ever heard of thermal i don't think so it's an output just... plugin um, oh wait like it, no i think i wanted that actually let me look it up it's just like a dirt nasty like saturation like distortion plugin but like also gotcha. ties in reverb and like a bunch of different bunch of different stuff like i don't even know how to describe it but i was i discovered it through sully's live stream and i saw him like he literally just put down like a sawtooth and then put thermal on it twisted a few knobs and like was just one of the dopest sounds i'd ever heard <laughs> i was like dude Damn. yeah I I'm feel probably like in my in productions, a lot of my best sounds come from soul waves and then post-processing as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I It's kind of crazy, like, how good just, like, a saw wave is on its own. There's just so much harmonic texture to it. Yeah. And then maybe you just, you don't have to do too much. I've often found, in fact, I did this on the whip I sent you last week. I, I just felt like it was missing something in the drop like something in like the low mids or whatever and then i literally uh just threw in a sawtooth and like threw like a some a, some slight echoing on there and it just it made the drop just like punch like 10 times harder Fuck yeah just from adding <laughs> yeah that's all you have to do sometimes um yeah i like to start with a a really basic waveform because you know they're the most full sounding waveforms you get all these really complex wavetables in serum and you know sure they sound cool but if you start you know doing other stuff to them then it really takes away from the character of the waveform and starts to sound really muddy and shit i agree man i agree i basic shapes baby that's another thing sully always talks about just making just making something dope out of you know, the simplest yeah. original points, you know, and I, I couldn't agree, man. It's crazy how like much time has gone by and I keep like starting to realize like less is more, like less is more. Yeah. You don't always need to do the most complicated, crazy thing in the world to make a dope track. And I think that's just like something I, I wish I knew. Like when I've, it's so daunting. Like when you're, just starting and you're like oh my god i gotta learn how to do all these crazy crazy things and like it is daunting for sure but like i think that's in terms of that mental conversation that we were talking about just telling yourself like hey you can make something dope without doing like the craziest craziest thing and the crazy having the craziest production techniques that nobody knows about you know which is obviously like good to have like tricks up your sleeve but still make you still make bangers man it's okay okay yeah i uh i remember when i switched from fl to ableton uh you know obviously my first song in ableton i was just like okay i'm gonna make a really simple song just so i can learn how to use the door and then it turned yeah. out that song was so much better than like the next 10 songs i made after it purely because it was so simple it's like after i made that song i was like okay i've got the hang of ableton i can start adding in all this other random shit now but it's like no dude that's not necessary 
necessary at all. Like all you need is the core idea and then you just need like the fucking necessary sound effects and stuff to tie it all together. Don't go overboard. And I didn't learn this until very recently. Drums are so god dang important. Yo. Which is duh. Like people are like rolling their eyes right now. Like, <laughs> dude, it, it, I don't, it, I've personally like didn't grow up like doing drums. Like I said, I played like guitar and piano growing up. So, drums from a production standpoint was always just kind of an afterthought for me. Like I would lay down the progression first and then the melody and then all that. And then, and then I would just go and throw like some kicks and some snares and like not really think about like groove theory and swing theory and all these really important things to make the drums like, cause that's, what's going to move your head. Like you just want the head moving and then you're fine. You know? Um, so that's one thing I've really been trying to focus on as well is yeah. just making sure like I made, I made a, a track the other night with my buddy and we literally just started out with the drum beat, which I never do. I never do that. And I know people like so many people do do that. And they're just like, wow, congrats, man. But <laughs> for me, it was new. Um, if you can like, and- if you can make a good song with like just the sub bass and the drum beat, then everything else is filler, pretty much. Like, it doesn't matter too terribly much what you do with everything else. If the sub and the drums are hidden, then people are going to nod their heads. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, for any producers who are kind of like just, just starting out that might be listening, definitely lock that in. For sure. And, uh, uh, yeah, um, I've been like working on my drum rhythms as well recently because, you know, I used to oh. think that, you know, as long as there was a kick on a one and a snare on the three, at least in dubstep, right? Kick right. on one, snare right. and three, then people would be banging their heads. But it actually turns out that sometimes, you know, like so, a little bit of things in between there can, you know, get people grooving even more, like just offbeat percussion type stuff. Um, yeah, interesting hat rhythms and fucking symbols. hat rhythms. Yeah, real uh, quick pro tip. I learned this from Taboo. Um, yeah, uh, you want to get for your kick and snare, put a drum bus on that. Group mm. your kicks and your kick and snares, throw a drum bus on that boy, and that allows you to beef them without clipping them. And there are also various other parameters. You can you can add uh, you can add various types of distortion, saturation, all that good stuff. Um, and then you can also in, there's like a cool way to make 808s with it too. You can there's like a boom knob, and yeah. so if your kicks and you just tune your kick to the key of the song, and you can like crank up the boom and like just have slap and 808s. Uh, that's a, that's something that's helped me out a lot. And then also with your hats, like instead of like, just like every other one, just like lower the, lower the decibel level. And then have you you fucked with like the different, um, not the warp modes there, that little, little button you can change it to like an arrow, like a wall. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's in beats mode. Um, 
One yeah, in beats, beats mode, mode, and then there's like a little arrow, and it shows like two. Or there's, no, sorry, it shows two arrows, one going one way, one going another. Um, that I think determines like where the like something about the transients and like where the transients like start, or something, something like, like that. that. I, I, it affects I sound like the a transients right in some way. Affects the transients in some type of way. The point is, <laughs> click on that and turn it to the one that it's just one arrow, and then you can turn down there's like a number not the formant number but there's like another number right there that you turn down it'll basically like like tighten up the transient so you can have it it's it's good for hats and and frankly any any kind of uh sample that you're trying to just tighten up and control the transient with uh snares too i like like a tight snare you know see personally i like to do my hats in midi uh, nice. And then a couple tips that I have for doing hats in MIDI is to use the velocity MIDI device. Just, you know, just make it a bit mm-hmm. random and more humanized. Yeah. Uh, and in then fact, also, isn't there like a, like you can literally click and drag randomize like onto that, onto the velocity, uh, isn't there a way? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's like a... I think so. Something Got like it. that. There's like, a, there's like a range of randomization too, like... You can have just a little bit of velocity randomization or you can fucking put it all the way up where one hat's going to like blow your ear out and the other one's just going to like, hey, how you going? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But obviously I don't do that. I usually keep it at like 15 or something. Uh, And then there's also like just the the random MIDI device, which if you put it in buy mode and then you turn the chance up to like 30 or 40 or something, it's like every other hat is going to be going up and down in pitch. And, oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh like where'd you learn how to do that? Uh, probably Mr. Bill's tutorials. Mr. Bill. I think. Yeah, man. Yeah. What time are we at? I want to. We're uh, Wow, we've been talking for an hour 45. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, yeah, as far as. Uh, Large education goes like you heard of icon right yeah i was actually talking to someone yesterday who is moved to la and they're about to go to icon so that's oh, yeah. pretty fucking sick yeah it's incredible i when i decided that i was gonna do this music thing and like try and make it happen that was like the catalyst that made me feel like it was possible i heard about this school didn't hear about it until like a year ago and then i heard about it and then obviously see the big names like nightmare slander keizo whatever yeah. and just the more i got immersed in the culture and just the more artists interviews i listened to and just just found out like just more and more and more people have gone to this place yeah and it's just kind of crazy the consistent quality of produ- production that comes out of there um so i was like bet like i think i really want to go here i think this is not like a shortcut but like rather just because there are no shortcuts and i did not have that thought but it, it's, it's not it's a shortcut just, it's breaking the speed limit <laughs> it's a great way to put it <laughs> it's breaking the speed limit because it's fucking intense from what i've hear, heard but i then was having this debate like okay 25 g birds do i really want to like Drain my entire like life savings to go and and do this. Like I've I've been 
like broke. I know what that feels like. And as a musician, it's, I feel like a common thing that a lot of us experience at some point or another. Do I really want to put myself in a position where I'm like financially unstable? And I was just, I've been thinking about this for a while. And uh, with COVID and everything, uh, there's been a unique opportunity where these producers that we all admire are actually very reachable at the moment. I don't know yeah. if y'all, if you've tried this or anyone listening has tried this. I literally like DM'd Hero Bust and was like, yo, I love this new track. He just dropped, uh, uh, I can still remember or whatever it's called. Do this track's dope. Like, do you do private lessons? It's like, hey man, I really appreciate it. Uh, no, unfortunately I don't. It's something I'm considering in the future. Point is, is that like, you would think like, oh, here about like probably a tough person to get in contact with or, or yeah. any, or even taboo, same, same deal. Nah, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend and, and I've taken lessons with taboo. I've taken lessons with Sully. Those are the only two at the moment. Uh, uh, so anyway, my point is, is like, do I really want to spend all this money when I can pay like a three hundredth of the price to get this information. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I, and, and not just the private mentor sessions and like the, uh, the fire stuff and all that, but also just like all the courses out there and, you know, Mr. Bill's yeah. stuff and you got ill geniuses, like ill gates, like throwing out this great value. Like just watched his whole like mixing course for, I learned so much. $20 I paid for that. <laughs> so when you when you're getting stuff like that it's hard to make that decision because there's no doubt in my mind that that experience is insanely worthwhile and the people that go there are just it's just the environment too like you're surrounded by just all these people yeah. like with the same vision and the same dream and like you're all there to support one another not to mention like the facilities and like the great faculty and like it's an up-to-date thing where like the people like teaching it are like, like the course is always being updated, like as the music just progresses and everything. So I don't know, man, I'm in i I'm in a bit of a, a pickle as to what I want to do as far as the education piece goes. Yeah. I think, I think like the thing with Icon is just, it's like the full package, you know, it seems Everything like you could ever need. Yeah. It's kind of easy or well not easy, but like all the information that you could possibly need to enhance your actual music is available online. But it seems like Icon also helps you to build a brand, you know, start creating an image for yourself, uh, helps you to get onto labels and that sort of stuff. Like a holistic approach. Yeah. Not just not just the production side. And also the opportunities that you could get from that. I mean Yeah. It just A, you're in Los Angeles. B I've talked to people who've gone there. You work hard and like you're solid and like you know what you're doing and like you're working hard as fuck and like the professors see that. They're gonna hook you up with opportunities mm, in terms of just like work placement or just like people to contact is that's the thing that I feel like I've heard from multiple sources and obviously you don't want to make a sippy, like put it, she did like a live Q and a about it and she put it really well. Like it's just like a business decision, right? And like any business decision, you need to decide if you're going to get a good return on your investment. Right. And she said that 
you don't want to make a, a decision like that based solely on the fact that it, it would build you connections, you know, like, like theoretically, if you could learn all of the content or all of the curriculum on your own and you were cool doing that, but you only wanted to go for the connections and like, you shouldn't do it because right. you can always make connections, you know, yeah. that being said, I feel like it's just a more like structured environment for you to make those connections. You know, it, it, it's kind of just a focused place where everybody's kind of trying to do the same thing. And therefore it kind of just makes it a little easier in terms of like maybe identifying those opportunities. Mm. So yeah, I'm kind of just like venting about my thought process towards it. And <laughs> I, I do, I do like really want to go there. I think still it's just so it's, it's a lot of money, you know? That's the whole reason I, I moved back in with the parents, you know, to save up and everything. And that was my original goal. But then I was thinking like, well, maybe I should just like move to some big city, like, or, or even not even a big city, but like an up and coming place that I feel like is a little slept on, but has a lot of opportunity. I think uh, Tampa, Florida is one of those places. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know much about that. Spot, all all but... I know is that like Denver, Colorado, uh, yeah, apparently they're like big for bass Denver music. Is Denver is really great for bass music. Absolutely. That was going to be my next one. But I would argue that Denver at this point is like also starting to get really saturated and really expensive. Right. That's kind of thing. Right. It's like, remember how we were talking about going to like apps before they blow up. Mm. Same thing with cities, man. Same deal. <laughs> uh, and I think, uh, I don't know. I also like Florida a lot. Like I mentioned. I don't know if I ta- said that earlier. Florida gets a bad rep, but I love it. Yeah. I love I the Florida men and women. Florida man. <laughs> I think I'm a I'm a Florida man in this. I live in Connecticut, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is like I don't know if you know your states, but it's just northeast of New York City, so it's in like the top point. Like if you're looking at a map, it's like up there in New New England, right. as it's called. Uh, so. Yeah, not not much of a music scene going on up here in Connecticut. I got to be real with you, which is why I don't think I discovered bass music until I was in college down in Virginia because simply just don't have it up here. <laughs> it's crazy. Oof. Fuck. Yeah, big, big, big oof. So when I'm in like, I was like in the gym a few weeks back and I was like wearing my excision shirt. Some dude like came up to me and like tapped me on the back. He's like, yo, <laughs> like, I didn't know like there were other headbangers up here. And I'm like, me neither. <laughs> like, it was, it was, meanwhile, we're like, there's like, it's like 50 other people around just like watching us have one of those like moments. <laughs> we're just like, okay. Um, oh, I fucking love those moments. Me too, man. Me freaking too. Well, I think, uh, do you think you would ever go to Icon just to wrap that? Oh man. I think if I had the money, like absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But like even just being able to move to America in the first place, that would, that would take a lot. And then also going to Icon. (laughs) That is like, that's a thing too, that I never think about is like how, I feel like so blessed and, and privileged and, and gra- grateful to like live in the States and be like a United States resident. Like, cause I know it's not easy for, for y'all, especially in these times, but even before like 
like all the dubstep disciple boys that came out of like London and the UK, like yeah. had a lot of like trouble like getting over here. Not just disciple, but like anybody who comes from UK, because there's a lot of those. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So gratitude is everything for me. Like, and I think a lot of people are starting to hop on that wave, and I, I hope. I hope everybody listening does that as well. I just like helps me deal with stress. Just remind myself of like, if things yeah. aren't going great, I got this at least, you know, it could be like way worse. Do you practice like daily gratitude in your journaling as well? Uh, I wish I did, but I don't. I, <laughs> I, I journal not like every, every day, but, I still try to make a point to do it. And yeah, it's, it's something I, I, I mean, and I used to not do it at all. So the fact that I'm doing it yeah, to some capacity is like, I'll, I'll take that, you know, and journey is long. And exactly. Self-development. Self like, as long as you're putting one foot in front of the other, like, like you're doing it right. Exactly. Like I, I could be pushing myself to like start working out but I'm just happy with the fact mm. that I go for a fucking walk every day. Cause that's like huge compared to what I used to be. <laughs> so Absolutely, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I, everyone um, just like, remember to appreciate what you have, like exactly like gratitude. Cause you know, if it wasn't for yeah. going for a walk, then it'd be like literally yes. no physical exercise. So <laughs> I know. I hear you, man. I, and dude, that's awesome. I I used to not really work out ever. Like I wasn't the most like sporty kid like growing up, uh, for various reasons. Uh, but when I got off to school, I kind of just made a decision like where I like want to add this piece of the pie to my life. Fuck yeah! And step by step, man, it's just like you just stay. It's same thing what we were saying earlier, man. Just consistent little things every. Every day, fuck it. Every other day, take a day off here and there. It's fine as long as you're making improvements. Yeah. Like that's all you got to do, man. Um, that's dope. If if you do continue on to your like fitness journey, like I'm here for you, brother. Like I, I've I know what that's like. Uh, it can be daunting, but so is music production, man. All these. <laughs> yeah. So what? How did you start out with getting into uh, working out? Uh, I just. Got a gym membership. That's the first thing you got to do. Commit financially. They don't say that, but that's what you have to do. Once you're, once you're paying for it, you're going to be more inclined to go and actually do the dang thing as opposed to just like staring at the dumbbells that you have in your bedroom or whatever anybody yeah. might be doing. Um, once you're committed financially, that's the first thing. Same thing. It's like buying your dog. Okay. Well, I spent all this money on this thing. Like I got to do it. I got to at least yeah. open the damn thing. Right. Walk <laughs> in the place, get a lay of the land. Like your first day. Don't even just go it on the treadmill. Maybe walk, do a little jog on the treadmill, kind of survey the scene, understand like where the different pieces of equipment. Oh, by the way, I'm no like, like fitness guru for, for the record. I'm a very, very average, like gym guy. Like I'll go like do basic workouts, workouts, but like enough to just like stay in shape. Yeah. Um, but this is all stuff I was like super anxious about back when I was like starting. Cause, and I know a lot of people are right, but you just accept the fact that you're the new guy. 
that's a, that's it. And then you just familiarize yourself with where things are location wise. So you at least know where you're going to do whatever it is you might want to do. And eventually you just kind of like hit a point. You have to stay consistent with it. You have to do it. You can't take like a week off because it's like, would you ever take a week off from producing? I'm sure we all have, but like, or fuck longer than a week. God knows I've taken off longer than a week in the past. But like when you do that, you lose the momentum. Yeah. It's all about momentum. And eventually you want to get into what is known as the flow state. And this applies to not only in the flow state, <laughs> but <laughs> eventually, and this applies to like literally everything in life. And it's studied in like many cultures. It's like the ultimate point of focus where it feels effortless and you are genuinely enjoying yourself. And it is yeah. the epitome of like human creation and human de- development. That point and, where you don't have to like think about what you're doing essentially. Exactly. Exactly. It's just coming to you, but you only get to that point once you've done the buildup, like you're pushing that boulder, boulder doesn't just start moving at the speed you might want it to. You got to build the momentum. And I remember like every time I go through slumps where I don't work out like right now, but I haven't worked out in like six weeks, but I know that when I want to get back in, it's always like, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Or I'll start on Monday. It's like, no, start today so you can get the bullshit out of the way. Because the yeah. first day back, you're going to be so unproductive and you're just going to feel like absolute dog poop. Same with that whole week it might be the same, but you just need to get it out of the way so that the real momentum can start. And that would just don't overthink, like practically, like don't overthink what you're doing. Just make it a routine to get there and eventually the algorithm will start feeding you different like YouTube videos and stuff to watch. <laughs> I'm just joking, true. but like you can look this true. stuff up, but it's it'll notice true, if you start but... taking, <laughs> it's so true, man. I can't believe I just said that, but it's so accurate. Like if you show the slightest bit of interest and, and start making it a routine part of your life, yeah. like they'll find ways to help you out with it, which is good. And it's also scary as fuck at the same time, but like, let's be positive. It's cool. You know, so I I would just kind of like start looking up like different like fitness trainers like on YouTube, just like doing various exercises, just to kind of understand like the basics of how muscle groups work together and like different ways of kind of activating them. But don't worry about all that, man. Just just worry about the consistency of 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 making it a regular part of your life and yeah. fitting it into your schedule fitting it into your schedule. And once that's taken care of, the rest will come naturally, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Once it's like a routine thing, like a habit, everything else mm-hmm. just like starts to fall into place. Hey? Me personally, I think the number one reason I would fail at earth, but I do fail at things and I do fail or just maybe not have as much progress as I'd like with something. The biggest issue I deal with isn't the actual act of doing the thing. It's the actual like putting it just into the pie that is my life, you know, just fitting yeah. it in. Cause once you're actually doing it, you'll realize that it's not as bad or difficult as you may have thought it was. Yeah. Like the thought, often the thought. Yeah. Sorry. Oftentimes in the past, like I've thought about doing something so much more than actually doing it. And it's like, dude, just, just do it. Like just the do amount it. of time, the amount of time you're spending <laughs> thinking about it. Do it. 
not only takes more time to yeah. doing it, but also takes more effort. Like, <laughs> it's up bandwidth in your brain, dude. Yeah. Like, if you're just thinking about that all the time, like, it's going to take away from every other cognitive function in your, your, your brain can only do so much at once. And this is something I deal with every day with work, too. Like, in terms of, like, you know, just worrying about all the stuff I have to do for work one day, like, in my actual job, like, I find I spend just way more time worrying than actually doing it. I find that, like, the actual act of doing it is fine. Yeah. And then it's, it's, this is all very, I'm sure we've all kind of heard this stuff in one way or another, but it's just so important to reiterate uh, as over as many cases of people and over as many activities, because it's exactly. just such a universal, universal thing that just applies to everything. And I am by no means like, like a master at it. Right? Like I, I struggle still to do these types of things, but it's important to have these conversations you know spread the word spread Hell the yeah. word and with yeah, that dog. i think the word has been spread do you want to end here yes sir i think this is a really just like a nice high point to cap yeah, it off exactly we have we have, we have talked about so how long two hours dude wow <laughs> i am genuinely just so happy that this happened this was so fun me too, man. You're really good at carrying the conversation. I'll, I'll say that for sure. Oh, thanks, man. You're a great host. You, you've Thank got you. just a really awesome thing that, and a really pl- great platform and a really awesome thing you're doing for having all of us on and all these other... I've discovered so much, so many artists. Like, it's crazy. And it's nice to just talk to other people who are in the same kind of like relative like stage in this process. Yeah. And I'm a, I will just cap it off with this. Like I'm a genuine believer in abundance. And I think yeah. there can kind of be a mindset where like, there's not enough room for everybody. Like yeah. not everybody can make that. Fuck it. I fuck that. I believe we can all fucking make it like this internet thing is an infinite plane of possibilities. that is not defined by physical space or time. You can do exactly. anything. Anybody can make anything happen that they want. And I'll see you all there. I'm out. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Anyway, thanks everyone for watching Wavetable episode 32 featuring Tribe. I'm your host, Astro Rain, and I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.